Welcome to Two Brothers and Their Sports. I'm your co-host, Arif. And I'm your other co-host, Arsh. And today on the show, we have a lot to talk about. We're going to start off by talking about the Women's World Cup, which started last week. We're going to talk about the group stages, who we think will win the World Cup, and of course, the U.S. Women's National Team. We're also going to be talking about Lionel Messi's debut and his first two debut games with Miami FC, the free kick winner in stoppage time in his first, and then two goals in his second game against Atlanta FC. And then finally, we're going to be talking about the U.S. Cricket Association, which just was founded and is backed by some crazy investors. We're going to be talking about that league, what it means for the U.S., and the matches that they have in Dallas and more so. But Arsh, get us started with the Women's World Cup and what you think here. Yes, like you said, we'll start off with the World Cup. Um, It's it's been pretty great. Still in the group stages right now, the United States women's team was in a pretty big danger of losing to the Netherlands. They ended up tying, and so... Um, it, it's been good. It's still in the group stages. Uh, we'll quickly run through the group stages. So starting with the group A, uh, it's New Zealand and Switzerland up top. I do think that New Zealand and the Philippines will be able to fight over that two spot, but I do think that New Zealand and Switzerland will end up at up top. And then I'll move to group B and let you go for group A and group B. Group B is Nigeria is actually up top. Uh, and then Canada and Australia is actually in third. I actually think that although Nigeria right now is tied for the first position, I think that's going to switch. I think that Nigeria is going to fall out and it's going to be Canada at number one and Australia maybe at number two. It it depends, but I do think that Group B is going to be a place where there's a lot of switching around. Now, Ireland, I do not think that it's going to that they're they're going to make it to the uh, elimination games, but I do think that it's going to be Canada and Australia. Yeah, so Group A, Switzerland, New Zealand. Switzerland, obviously one of the favorites here to win the Women's World Cup. Um, they are currently one and one. Um, and then New Zealand second, one and uh, uh, sorry, Switzerland is one win, one draw, and New Zealand is one win, one loss. So I think that Switzerland is going to win Group A. I think that's just going to happen. New Zealand and Philippines are both very close. New Zealand is up currently on uh, goal differential, but I do think that um, our goals allowed. Sorry. But I do think that this is going to be a really tight race between second and third and New Zealand and Philippines. Now, Group B, Canada, who I do, do who think. Who do you going to win for that? Switzerland. I said, sorry? Switzerland. No, I mean in the second spot. Two teams get up into elimination. Oh, I, my guess is New Zealand. My, my pick is New Zealand. Okay. Um. Then Group B, you talked about Nigeria, Canada, Canada. One of the another. It's. I guess they're kind of a sleeper, but not really. If you really know, if you kind of know what you're talking about, I think that Canada here is going to has the potential to win Group B, and I think that will happen. Now, the real question here in the dark horse is Sam Kerr for Australia. Sam Kerr has been is probably one of the best. Or sorry, not probably one of the best. Is probably the best woman soccer player in the nation. I mean, in the world. And she's obviously on Chelsea on the cover of FIFA 24. Not that any of that matters. It just shows her greatness. The point is she had an injury and missed the first two games. So now Sam Kerr is supposed to be coming back. That is going to be a really, really big, impactful thing for Australia. One of the dark horses here coming into the World Cup. I think that them having that push with their best attacker and one of the best players in women's soccer is going to be a big impact for them. I think they do have the position to uh, knock out Nigeria if Nigeria ends up losing. Yeah, so I think that uh, in Group C, that it's Spain and Japan. Both of them have won two games. 
and Costa Rica and Zambia have both lost two games. It's obvious who's going to make it. I just want to see Japan and Spain go head-to-head. Both very, very good teams this year. Japan has been good in the women's kind of World Cup stage for a while. So has Spain. I think that's going to be a cool matchup and maybe a predictor for when we get into eliminations. But I do think, obviously, it's going to be those two. And then Group D, you've got England and Denmark uh, and China. So England, Denmark and China are also fighting for that second spot, but I do think that England's definitely going to make it past. They're one of the favorites as well. And then Denmark and China is going to be a close one, but I have Denmark still edging it out, even though they are also the, the favorites right now to be this in the second spot. Group E is the United States, Netherlands, Portugal, Vietnam. That's pretty self-explanatory for me. I'm going U.S. and Netherlands up top, and then uh, it's you. Yeah. So I'll start with Group C here. Um, Spain, one, another favorite here. I think they really could make a push. And they are one of the teams that are very close to the U.S. Women's National Team level. Um, and yes, you talked about it. It's This outcome is pretty much pretty much like set in stone by now. Spain first, Japan second. I think that's what's going to happen. I will do. I do think Spain is going to come in first, though. Uh, Group D, England and Denmark, I have that ranking staying the same. I think China's going to be kind of close. But I think Denmark is just a way better team. Now, Group E here is where we obviously have the United States of America, um, U.S. Women's National Team here. I think that the the thing the thing with the U.S. Women's National Team is that they the gap between them and the other teams in the nation, I mean, in the world that are competing here, has dramatically decreased. The Agreed. gap is way lower. Agreed. The U.S. Women's National Team are fighting here for the first three-peat in international women's soccer history, especially in World Cup. and. They they are they have been dominant for the past few years. Arsh, I know we were talking about this off air earlier. Um, in yeah. the, with their first game against Vietnam, the dominance of Carly Lloyd, uh, in the first in one of the in the first um start of that series, and then it's second, exactly, and then yeah. second we talked about Megan Rapinoe's dominance. Now here we still have Megan Rapinoe here. Um, I do think that Alyssa Thompson could be a factor. She did get minutes in the first and second games um, and is only 18 years old. I think that... Um, Sophia Smith uh, definitely showing out. So. Yes, of course. Sophia Smith too, um, NWSL MVP. Um, but the point, the thing here is Netherlands is also very close to the United States in terms of favorites to win this. So this is not only about the Group E, but this is also about the potential to make it to the finals because they're in the same bracket. They're in the same group. If the United States finishes second here, they might, they're going to have to go against a better opponent. And they're both of these teams are very, very good. I think the U S women's national team edges out Netherlands just a little bit, but you can see by the tie, it was not that far. I'll move on to group F Brazil and France. I do think that's going to stay the same. I think Brazil is going to finish first, although France could put up a fight. Group G is Sweden, Italy, South Africa, Argentina, I think that, again, is going to stay the same. And then Group H, to round it out, Germany, Colombia, South Korea, Morocco, same thing, Germany and Colombia finishing it out. So I have everything that's right now, at the time of this recording, those rankings staying the same. Yeah, so uh, in Group F, I'm going to go Brazil and France, too. I don't think Jamaica's going to edge it out, but I definitely could see Jamaica making a push. Um, and then we have Sweden and Italy there uh, in the second in Group G. I think that both of the teams... Uh, are going to make it as well. Uh, Just not a ton of difference. However, one thing was Argentina was supposed to be one of the big teams and one of the big factors 
Series Tournament, and they have tied and lost. It's looking pretty hard for them to make it in. Is it still possible? Definitely. Is it going to take a lot, though? Yes. And then let's move to Group H. We've got Germany, Colombia, South Korea, and Morocco. Morocco obviously uh, was great uh, for the men's uh, World Cup, but I don't think Morocco or South Korea is going to do great. South Korea, I think at the beginning of this, I might have said that South Korea has a chance uh, to edge it past Colombia. Yeah. Just looking at the first game that Colombia had against South Korea, South Korea got sh- um, had, was uh, um, shut out, and I just don't think that it's going to be possible anymore, especially after that kind of performance. Not that they're a bad team or anything, but the fact that Colombia just edged them out, and that's their one head-to-head yeah. matchup. I think maybe they they might have another head-to-head matchup. Not sure. Yeah. But I'm going to go with Germany and Colombia edging it out. Not a lot of movement in the the people that are going to make it to the elimination rounds but for most brackets there's for most groups there's already been two games and that shows you who the favorites are yeah so i think teams to look out for well let's say i'll start off with who i think will win the world cup i do think it will be the u.s women's national team however they cannot play how they played against switzerland i mean how they played against vietnam that's just unacceptable they were missing shots left and right and obviously it was a first game but still they got to learn to play together more as a team and be able to look at those out those passes through balls where where Alex Morgan is clearly beating the other defenders. So I think they're going to win, but the teams to look out for Switzerland, New Zealand, Canada, Australia, if if Sam Kerr can make an impact, Spain, U.S., Netherlands a little bit and Argentina. Those are the main teams to look out for. Yeah, and then for me, my pick, I'm going to wait, actually, until eliminations. We'll take you through kind of the eliminations round by round, quarterfinals, yep. semifinals, finals. So that's when I'll give my prediction. I think that'll just be better suited for you guys. But I do think I agree with a lot of the list for your team to for the teams to look out. And I'll kind of expand on that a little bit more when we get to our next episode. Yep. Um, And especially when we get to eliminations about the teams that are the most dangerous, the teams that you should watch out for. Remember, we had that last uh, with the Men's World Cup with Morocco, um, where they ended up beating Portugal. Crazy prediction. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think I'll do that a little later on. And now let's move on to Lionel Messi. What a a debut. I think I tuned into that first game uh, right when he got subbed in. And you can tell his teammates are in awe of him being there. He does get force-fed the ball a lot more than he used to with his teammates on the national team, with his teammates uh, back in Europe. It's almost like, you know, you're playing... Especially by Sergio Busquets, too. Him signing there, too, made a huge impact on Messi. Yeah, and it's almost like you're in, like, a rec league, and there's one good guy, so you force-feed him. That's kind of what a lot of it has looked like in in the past two games. Not that it's a bad thing. It's obviously the GOAT, in my mind, but... The, the fact is that he is just that his teammates are looking for him every single time they touch the ball and he is just so great at getting them spots getting them open so talking about the first debut got subbed in a ton of opportunities i just felt like in that case the competition is a lot lower if i say this the competition is a lot lower than it was in spain especially but just in europe altogether and you can kind of tell not only with his teammates but also with defenders so obviously the perfect way to end it right when when stoppage time just ends and it's about to end and he makes that free kick Oh my goodness, that Crazy. is storybook ending. You know, he got side tackled and the crowd roared. They knew what was going to happen, and he was the guy to take it. Perfect upper 90 and just a storybook ending. Couldn't have asked for anything better. Imagine me at that game. We obviously weren't, but that would have been amazing, and, and that's something that a lot of those fans are always going to remember for however long they live. But moving to the second game, obviously 
just crazy, right? He scores twice. The first two goals, the place is, goes nuts. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's crazy what he's able to do. Now, obviously, we have to wait till August. I think it might be 26th or some somewhere in the 20s that uh, he plays again and Inter-Miami plays again. Looking forward to it. But the fact of the matter is he is going to be crazier, just like Ronaldo was at the beginning of the Saudi Arabia League, right? It's just a totally different competition. With the amount of money that's being offered in a bunch of different places, these guys are going to go there and there's going to be less competition. And that's simply what there's been. So I'll let you go. Uh, go. Yeah. But I think definitely super awesome to see him in the U.S. Super great opportunity for the fans. Yeah. It, again, exactly. It's very, very crazy. And I think it's surreal seeing Messi here. What I was talking about with you, and I was saying this off air as well when we were talking about soccer. Imagine being one of Messi's teammates. I mean, not Messi's teammates, one of Inner Miami's players. And then you hear that Lionel Messi is joining your team. Like that is one of the most insane. That must be one of the most insane feelings in the world. Having the GOAT come and join you in the U.S. on your team under David Beckham is crazy. But and that's going to be from now on, it's going to be the most pursued team in the MLS. Everyone is going to want to go to Inter Miami much more than any of the other places. Maybe uh, I think it's them and LA Galaxy. Maybe I'd say maybe Red, the Red Bull. Uh, I think New, New York, York is, yeah, that's a great they're competitive, but they're mainly U.S. players too. I, yeah, no, I agree. I think that's a great place to be, but I'm saying the best of the best, the cream of the crop, not only from the United States, but also from Europe and everywhere else, they're going to want if they come to the MLS, LA Galaxy, yeah, I know it's in LA, but. You would rather play with the goat when he's no, but that's not why I say that. I say that because Zlatan was there, Gareth Bale's there right now, Chicharito was there, so they all they have some great players too. Obviously, nothing compared to Messi, Busquets, David Beckham is your owner. Like obviously, I understand that. But anyway, the point is that Lionel Messi made his impact felt the first game. Fans were stunned and kind of. I think I think like on edge when when they found out that Messi was not going to be starting, but he did come in, made uh, of course made his impact felt with that free kick in the ninety third, a ninety minute who plus else? three stoppage time out of plus four. Yeah, exactly. Who else? It's a, the storybook ending. Um, I think a guy to compare to, and you talked about it with Ronaldo with his first time with Saudi Arabia. I think a more accurate comparison is Zlatan Ibrahimovic with his start in the MLS. That's who I think of. Remember when Zlatan came in, he was scoring two games, two goals a game every single game. Zlatan was a beast, and he was he was in his late thirties doing that. Messi's in his mid thirties right now, and he's I think his conditioning is a little bit worse. He's not the freak athlete that Zlatan is, but making his impact felt is the point. And Messi is we can see here he's not being egotistical, not holding the ball. He is willing to make a point of passing it. So I like that about that about his game right now against Atlanta FC. Absolutely destroy them. This is what's going to happen. Like, I don't know what you expected. He's not going to get the money. And we know the incentives here. Not going to get the money, but is going to get the opportunity to buy the team later on, buy part of a team later on, and has TV deals and monitor- and, and is receiving money from, ad- from ads and um, revenue from Adidas. But it's not like Saudi Arabia, but the competition is way worse. You're coming from Europe. You're coming from FC Barcelona. You're coming from France. Like, this competition is going to be a lot worse. The point, the, the fact of the matter is Messi's going to be dominating here for one to two years. It's just going to happen. He's going to retire on top of his game in terms of the MLS because he's going to be so dominant here all the time, every single game. And he's going to have the opportunity to stay around the MLS. And I think that Florida is the perfect place for him. So I love him being there. All right, now let's move on to our last topic, the U.S. Cricket League that was just started 
um, recently has some very, very impactful investors currently in the league. Um, and I mentioned in the introduction, so the games are only being played in Dallas and Morrisville, North Carolina, which is by where we used to be. But I'm going to start. I, I just want to say as, as, as like South, uh, South Indians, not South Indian, sorry, South, South Asians. Exactly. I just want to say that I love this for the sport. Cricket has been great. Like personally, I, I know our, our, all our family loves cricket. That's just how it is. But I think that it coming to the United States, being the impact felt there, especially in North Carolina with the, with just from our personal experience, the Indian population there and the competitiveness of cricket already, they have some inter, like some national cricket pitches there. I think that if all of that combines with the cricket association is going to make this take off. Now, I don't know how long it's going to last, but right now they, they had 10,000 people show up in Morrisville. They've had success in Dallas. So I really like this for cricket. And I like this for the U S adding another sport. It's not going to get as big as the MLS. It's not going to be the MLS starting off because it's never going to gain that kind of traction, but it's a very good thing for South Asians all around the United States, but it's also good for exposure to other countries in, and the, and the cricket league. So I like it for the United States. Yeah. So I'll say that this is kind of like what the MLS was when it started, right? Like this was back in the, I think, 80s or 90s when it first started taking off. And this is kind of what it was like. Hopefully, maybe it won't get to that level, but hopefully just it's just looking at it from a colorblind lens, like right? Like everything's the exact same. All the, it doesn't matter where this, what the sport is, where it originated. It's just a cool new things for fans, right? It's just a new sport. And I think that'll be a cool thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's cool to see cricket taking off in the United States. It's just a sport that hasn't gotten a lot of traction, but now major league yeah. cricket is there. They're trying to establish minor league cricket. They have six teams. It's try. They're trying to become 10. And it, you could say the same thing for lacrosse, right? The PLL is finally getting some traction. Definitely. Yeah, but the PLL obviously has been around longer too. And it's, right. and I think right. it's more popular in the United States. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying, right? Like, it's kind of getting a lot more traction. They just got some big deals with ESPN. Now, Major League Cricket for the United States will be on Willow, which is, like, the, the number one cricket provider. So, it's going to be great. Yeah. It's, it's obviously big in, like, India. It's big in Pakistan and England and Australia. Now, we'll finally see it come to the United States. Maybe just see if it picks up traction. If it doesn't, then it is what it is. But the point is, it's a cool new sport. I think it's definitely a sport that a lot of people should at least look interested in. Um, just look into it is kind of what I'm saying. Just see what it's like. Um, and, and it's cool that it's coming to Morrisville. I know that there's a lot of people that are really excited for this. They've had a lot of success and I'm really rooting for this to become not, maybe not even a big thing, but just a nice thing for the United States, just cricket being able to be fostered and kind of appreciated in the United States. 